Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey everyone, welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County, but really all over. While all businesses have security issues, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I'm happy to have Miss Ellen Diamond. And she is CEO of a company called Fleet Guardian. And she's going to tell us all about what Fleet Guardian is and how it can affect uh, your business and how things move. But before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit about Ellen Diamond. So tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, what got you into this particular type of business, and just kind of what your thought process is in doing it. Sure. Thanks, Rick. And good morning. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, my background, I joined Fleet Guardian about a year and a half ago, and my background has all been about technology and what it can do for people. I have a, actually have an academic programming background, and I knew I know how to do this, and I just don't want to do that professionally. But I love what technology can do, and I like the applications, the fact that it can make your life better, bigger, faster, stronger. So I have worked for all sorts of companies over the years, like Hewlett-Packard, um, Sony, Reuters, and it was always about what all this technology was doing for people to get information and make decisions about their businesses to move their businesses forward. When I was presented with this opportunity to join Fleet Guardian, again, it's a technology, but it does something really good because it keeps people safe. And that was an exciting opportunity to take what I love to do is the technology and application and doing something but also making the roads a safer place because Fleet Guardian is all about keeping people off their phones while they're driving. Well, and as you know, we've just crossed that bridge in Georgia as well. So but let me ask you this. Why is distracted driving from mobile phone use so dangerous? Well, everybody thinks that multitasking is a thing, but it's not. You can really only do one thing at a time. There have been all sorts of studies about multitasking itself and what multitasking is is actually just flipping very quickly besides m between multiple tasks so when you think you're multitasking and you're driving and you're reading a text message you're only doing one or another and if you're on the road you really need to be paying attention to your driving so think about it this way if you're driving at 55 miles an hour and you look away from the road for five seconds do you have any idea how far you've just driven a long way You've driven, that's right, you have now driven the length of a football field. And think about all the trouble you could have gotten into in an accident in the length of a football field at 55 miles an hour. Yeah, especially when there's a lot of people out here that can't drive looking at the road. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and so that's why distracted driving is such a problem. When, you're, when you have not just yourself, you're putting yourself at risk, but you're putting others at risk by not paying attention to the task at hand which is the road, the lights, the people, the cars in front of you, your passengers. It's really important to keep people safe. 
Well, and that kind of brings us to what are the risks? I mean, you've always, real quick, you can think of, well, what if you have children in your car? Right. What if somebody else has children in their car? Right. Uh, so the children aspect comes into it just almost immediately in my thought process, and I don't think some of the young uh, young people, the young millennials, even the young, well, now if they're young, they're millennials, so, but they don't think about it because a lot of them don't have kids, so they don't even think about this. So, so what would you say um, are the risks related to distracted driving from the use of a mobile phone? So 27% of accidents in cars are caused by mobile phone use. And that's a statistic from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. That's big. That's a big number. On top of that, about mm, 57% of drivers actually admit that they text while they're driving. That's a really big number. And that's only the ones that admit it. That's only the ones that admit it. So I'm going to assume, like you do, that it's probably a bigger percentage than that as well. Um, if you do think about the costs of an accident, the average cost of a, of a car accident like that or a vehicle accident is $24,000. And that's a lot of money. And that's not even, especially on the corporate side, and Fleet Guardian, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second, but Fleet Guardian is focused currently on working with corporate fleets. So if you have a, a, a group of salespeople that are all driving corporate-issued vehicles, or if you're hauling um, you know, grain or whatever your company is that you do distribution or delivery, or you're a local HVAC or plumbing company that has a fleet of vehicles that you use to drive around. Um, or security with patrols. Or security with patrols. That's exactly <laughs> right. For security pr with patrols, um, you know, you don't. That's a big expense, especially for a smaller company. It's a big expense for any company, but then you've also got things like downtime from your vehicle damage. You've got insurance issues. You certainly don't want your employees or your neighbors to be injured in addition to whatever the medical and insurance costs are associated with that. And one other thing that people don't, necessi don't necessarily mention so easily, but it's very true, is if it's your vehicle that's on the road and it's caused some horrific accident, everyone passing by is gonna take out their phone, hopefully not the drivers in the cars passing by, but the passengers are gonna take a picture. And you don't want your logo to be the one that caused this horrific accident because it'll get out there and it'll get hashtagged and it'll get picked up. And the PR nightmare is an intangible but very serious as well. So you've got people, you've got equipment, you've got insurance, you've got money, you've got medical. There's a whole list of reasons besides the fact no one wants to get into an accident. Well, and on the insurance thing, the more of these accidents that happen, as they have in the past, the more damages that are done, the higher the insurance rates go, not just necessarily for your company, but for all companies. That's right. Because every, they just they try to blend it out, and everybody pays more when there's a lot of accidents. That's correct. And accidents are also sort of like people thinking about cancer. I'll never get sick. I'm not going to be the one to get cancer until you do, and then it's too late. And so accidents are like that too. I can text while I'm driving. I'm not going to get in an accident. And the next thing you know, you have. So. Well, we've already kind of covered some of the statistics regarding it. Are there any more statistics that you can think of that uh, you want to mention to the listening audience? Well, part of the problem, it's not so much a statistic, but everybody thinks that they can do this multitasking. One of the, there's a psychological aspect to it. Um, 
all the apps on your phone that everybody, you get in your car, you put your phone in the cup holder, and off you go. And as soon as you hear that ring or that buzz or whatever it is, the first thing you want to do is reach for it, look at it, find out what is happening because, heaven forbid, you miss a second of something. And it's very scientific the way most of the apps are developed. There are all sorts of studies and articles about they are designed very specifically to make you want more, to feel very addictive. And it is actually kind of hard for you. You don't even realize the subconscious part of why you feel like you need to reach for that phone all the time. So that's more a psychological, not so much statistical, but it makes it hard to keep away from it unless you just turn it off when you get in the car, which is the easy thing to do, actually. Well, and that's what caused, that's what takes such a length of time with George's new law to adapt to that law is is that you, they say that it takes about a year of being of doing something before you can actually change a habit mm -hmm. and it's a habit for most people to, to pick up the phone to look at it to reach over hit the button and then try and look at it and see what you're doing drive around instead of an earpiece have it on your chest or something talking right. to people um, it's just one of those things that like I say it takes about a year to really develop habits, and that's if you're focused on making sure that you don't. And if you're not focused on it and you don't care, you'll never change it. That's right. You have to recognize that you need to do something. The law that you're talking about here in Georgia uh, became effective July 1st. Correct. And it is illegal to handle your phone while the, while, unless you're in a legally parked spot. That's the simple way to describe how that law works. So even if you're at a red light, you're not allowed to pick up the phone anymore. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that. They think, well, I'm stopped in traffic. I'm not doing anything. I can do this. And you can always tell the ones that are doing it because about 30 seconds after the light changes and the cars move forward, all of a sudden that car moves. That's right. And the police officers also look for that little hesitation, too, because it's obvious that you're doing something that you're not paying attention to your driving. That's right. I actually had my car hit years and years ago when I was at a red light. I was looking at a map. That's how long ago it was. An actual physical piece of paper map. I like those. I do too. And um, a, I was stopped. My foot was on the brake. We're at a red light. And a bus came up, uh, up next to me way too close and um, tore off my right wing mirror. Wow. Yeah. And, I was, and, and the bus driver, who apparently has done this before, as my guess, got the police officer at the intersection, intersection to sign an affidavit that it was my fault. And you were sitting still. I was sitting still. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good. I wonder what he. Well, never mind. Well, it doesn't matter. That. Well, I, I, you know, and it was a fleet car too. It wasn't even my car. It was a fleet car. It was a brand new fleet car, three days off the lot, and um, I was able to show pictures of the the direction that the wing mirror got torn, so I could show that he hit me. If if I had hit him, it would have been pushed back. Absolutely. Um, so there's lots of ways. Everybody thinks they can kind of sneak around it, but you know the forensics of that. It it comes out eventually. Well, anyway, the important thing is is keeping in mind of the safety issues about it and that's that's, right. that's really what the whole law was designed for was to try to make it safer i mean you're never going to convince some people that they can't do it perhaps enough tickets and enough out of pocket will convince them then again perhaps not you just never well, know well if i can share one more anecdote on that sure. with you in new york city for anyone that's familiar with rush hour traffic in new york city um, people trying to get into the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, trying to get back home at the end of the day, is just, it's more sitting still than it is, more stop than it is go. And years ago when, when uh, hands-free first started to become an issue, a policeman pulled over a car. This was in the New York Times. It was an article in the New York Times. 
and you said you're not allowed to be holding your phone while you're driving. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just write me the ticket, that's fine. And the policeman says, no, 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 I'm not going to give you a ticket. Oh, thank you, that's great. He goes, I'm pulling you out of the line, and you're going to have to go around the block again. I love it. That's, that's an awesome lesson. And that was an awesome lesson because I guarantee sitting in that traffic again was far worse than any check he would have had to write for a oh, ticket. Absolutely, and he could have probably afforded the ticket. Yeah. That's why and it was so quick. Yeah, but, but the policeman was very serious about get off your phone. You're not allowed to be doing this. You're too close to other cars. There's too many people. It's not safe. Well, I know when I was in when, one time when we were in New York and I was driving, I, I don't, you know, I had my own vehicle there. My wife told me I should have been a cab driver. Oh. <laughs> she said, you drive just like these damn cab drivers. <laughs> anyway. But, but anyway, um, well, when it comes to Fleet Guardian, who actually conceived this idea for, for the app, for the for the whole focus of it right so fleet guardian just to give the listeners a little bit of context is a product that keeps drivers off their phones while they're driving it's fully enabled by bluetooth so anything you can do by audio or by voice command you're still capable of so you so that's it's for the connected driver that needs to stay safe but it eliminates visual and manual distractions from your phone while you're driving the founder of our company he started out as a lineman for Verizon decades ago, and he's the guy that got the call in the middle of the night that someone ran into a telephone pole, bad weather, drunk driving, not paying attention, whatever it was, and he's the one that got called, had to go climb up the pole and restring the lines. He was then promoted on to being a safety director, and he was able to reduce the accident rate of those drivers, the linemen that, or the other drivers at Verizon, by about 30% just by implementing some basic safety programs. And that's pretty significant. So this is a guy that understands safety, comes from that, has seen some horrific stuff, and knows the value of driving safely. Then a couple of years ago, his daughter was in a car accident from someone texting. And she did walk away from it. She was very lucky. But as a safety guy, that was just more than he could handle. And that's where Fleet Guardian was born. He wanted something very simple, but very effective. Well, how does Fleet Guardian do this? So it's, it it's a two-part piece of technology. One is literally a physical box that looks like a, on a hinge that the phone goes into. When you get in your vehicle, you open the box, you put your phone in, close the box, and you're good to go. Um, that box, through a telematics device, you know, your little um, underneath your dashboard, you can plug in um, to your OBD2 if you're familiar with that technology. Correct. Right? That's where your telematics platforms plug into. The box plugs into that, which sends information back to fleet management in the office. Because remember I said before, this is about corporate fleets currently. And that provides analytics and information to fleet management to tangibly know and understand each driver's safe or at-risk behavior. Well, so really, you know, it, it requires the, the active participation of the driver to actually put it in the box, which would be a policy for the Correct. company issued. And then they can also tell if they know they're driving. I'm assuming that you can do like I use Fleetmatics, which is by Verizon. Correct. And so it's a, where I can pull up a screen and actually see what they're doing, when they're doing, where they are, how fast they're going. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. The one thing it doesn't do is, you know, what you're talking about with your company is it doesn't control that 
urge to pick up that phone and do that because your phone's still out, still on That's you. correct. That's so it, absolutely correct. And so Fleet Guardian, you manage, uh, you just manage, I uh, just mentioned Fleetistics, which um, Fleet, Fleet Maddox. Fleet Maddox, yeah. sorry. You just mentioned Fleet Maddox, which comes from Verizon. So we're currently integrated with Geotab, which is one of the other 800-pound gorillas like <laughs> Fleet Maddox in the telematics industry. And, um, and that's how all that information comes back to provide that to the, f the fleet management team back at the corporate office so they can see exactly what is the driver's behavior. It also follows the driver. So the driver might be in more than one vehicle. They might be switching off vehicles. Or you might have um, shift drivers in the same vehicle. And this is talking about the driver's behavior. The telematics platforms, they give you information about the vehicle. This is information about the driver. Mm -hmm. And that's really key. Because they may be driving different um, vehicles and maybe have different behavior and different size or type vehicles. And also, if you do have those shift drivers, you want to know who the person is driving that's either perf high performing safely or an at-risk driver. Yeah, our system is, is that we currently have it has a little fob that you have to hit the fob to, to all of a sudden lock you as the being the driver. Mm. The biggest problem is making sure these people use the fob mm -hmm. uh, or don't forget it at home or something like that. Nobody forgets their phone. Right. Uh, I can see where that would be a definite advantage because you've always got your phone. If you don't, if you forget your phone, you turn around, and you go back home and get it. That's right. You forget your fob, you don't worry about it. That's you right. Just, you just ignore it, and so that creates that that break in there where you can't really monitor who's driving, and it doesn't really. You can tell what the car's doing, but you don't really know who's driving. That's correct. So that way that would. Yeah, that identification is good. Yep, and and one of the things that we hear from our customers is this is one of the few places they can get a really reliable driver ID. Well, how, you know, I guess it's a matter of looking and you pull it, pull it, pull Fleet Guardian up on the system, then you go into admin or something, and then you start clicking on the, the vehicles in order mm -hmm. to actually do your, look at your analytics and mm -hmm. all that. So is that, you know, that works really good through Fleet Guardian? Um, it, because, as I said, we're currently integrated with Geotab. It's all part of Geotab's dashboard that they provide to their customers. Because it's using the engine information, it's integrated to the engine information. Example, one of the rules is if the vehicle is moving more than three miles an hour and the box is opened, that means someone might be looking at it, mm -hmm. um, then it gets reported back. That's interesting. So it'll actually get down, it really gets down into the, the weeds, if you will, as correct. far as what is actually going on. That's correct. Even it like that where the box may be open, it may be in the box and it shows it's in the box, but somehow the box is open so you, you know there's a reason. That's correct. I take it they're supposed to put it in the box and basically close it. Is there a lock on it or? There's no lock on it and the phone is still fully functional for a couple of reasons. If there's really some horrific emergency and you really do need to get to your phone. And dial 911 or something. Dial 911, exactly. Y you just need to get to the phone. We're exactly. not looking to make things less safe. We're looking to make it more safe. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, everything is fully functional on Bluetooth. So anything you can do with um, voice activated, um, hey, text Rick and tell him I'm excited about being on his <laughs> business radio cast today. Um, and it will say, should I send the text? Yes, you can do that without taking your hands off the wheel or your eyes off the road. 
because you're doing it through Bluetooth. Um, people use it for navigation. One of the main things that we hear from our customers is, but my folks need navigation. Well, you can still hear the navigation through your Bluetooth speaker, either a headset or maybe integrated with the dashboard in your vehicle already, or you can put a little speaker up on the visor if necessary. Um, you talked about habits. It's very interesting before, how long it takes to break and make a habit. One of, the, one of the big questions I hear is, but people say they need to look at their phones for the maps. And I always challenge them. And I tell them, because I've, I've tried it myself and I've gotten responses back from customers, try driving for a week with your phone turned upside down. Don't look at the map. Google, as an example, which is one of the main navigation services that people use unless they buy something separate, has done a really, really good job at updating their service. It used to be it would say, turn left, and you'd be in the right lane because it didn't give you enough warning. Well, they've gotten really good now at saying, in a quarter of a mile, turn left, get into the left lane. So they're letting you know verbally anyway. That's right. They're letting you know verbally and audibly, and you don't need to look at the map anymore. Well, that, which will also kind of eliminate the need for that desk mount or, or window mount GPS system That's correct. That put in there. Of course, That's I kind of like my GPS. Right. I turn it on to go home. Yeah. So. Well. <laughs> you know, that someone, you know, drinking or something that back in back in many many years ago and that i call it the et button mm -hmm. and you just said that would have been so nice to have something you just put go home yeah <laughs> and, and that would be better you. when it's all automated driving and you can do that and you can drink as much as you want and you don't have to be the one driving well, yeah really well i'm glad you know yeah i hear that but uh you know luckily i don't do that anymore so that i don't have to worry about that yeah. but you know go ahead oh no i was gonna say uh, one other thing that we also hear from customers is um, the tangible information that comes to fleet management. It's not just you all need to be off your phones and it's a corporate policy and then everybody thinks they can sort of get around it because they all think they can handle Always this. Always looking for the way around. That's right. Now there's a tangible piece of information for management to use. Many companies also have a bring your own device policy these days. They're not issuing corporate phones. And the way Fleet Guardian works is with a little tiny tag that sticks to the back of your phone and there's no software whatsoever put onto the phones. So the drivers, it's really important to get driver buy-in when companies decide to implement this. It just makes it easier. And the drivers are always, I don't want this on my phone. I don't want the software. I don't want you to know who my contacts are, who I'm texting, who I'm talking to, whatever their concerns are. There is no infraction into the phone itself, and there's no software, and there's no knowledge of what you're doing with your phone. It's just making sure that the phone is in the Fleet Guardian safety box, the box cover is closed when the vehicle is moving. And again, gives tangible information for management to be able to say, you're doing a great job and it's part of your bonus now and now you've hit X percentage of compliance and you've earned your bonus. So it's kind of like a little RFD tag that sticks on the back and, and, and marries up with the box? Yeah, it's technically a little NFC tag. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's like, it's, it doesn't interfere at all with the NFC that's on your phone in mm -hmm. general. It doesn't fear, interfere with anything at all. But it's tamper-proof. If anyone tried to take it off the phone... Destroys it. Disintegrates it. Can't be used. That's fantastic. Yeah. Our, 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 my product guy is really good at figuring out what are the sneaky ways around things. He's probably figured out how to break everything and how to make sure it doesn't get broken so you can rely on it. Well, yeah, and that's good. That's what you need in somebody like that is product safety is making sure that they, it's like uh, going in and being able to hack your computer system. That's right. You need to be able to hack it so that you know what people can do, and then that way you can come up with a defense against the hacking. That's right. Same way with this. How many ways can I possibly 
bypass the system, and then you fix those bypasses so that, you know, and every, some genius is going to come up with a new one. But then when they do, I guess your people looking at your monitoring and everything are going to figure out something's not right here. So let's find out what they're doing. That's right. And and our, our, uh, our chief product officer is about as good at figuring that stuff out as they come, and he's done a great job at figuring out what are those workarounds people are going to try to do and figure out how to make sure they can't happen. Well, that would be, that would be great from a, a business owner perspective or that Correct. you can be able to you know, get this stuff under control and have someone within your company monitoring it so that you can be able to control it. That's correct. The other thing that from a business owner perspective that all of this tangible information is really handy for is you mentioned before about we were talking about insurance costs. Mm -hmm. So how can you then have a conversation with your insurance company and say, I implemented this program and as a result, you can see my drivers are compliant with, in Georgia, for example, the law, which they have to be compliant anyway, but who, someone might, I'm not saying yeah. anyone does, but All someone might be sneaking around. And, um, and you can use it to show the tangible impact on either the accident rate or the compliance rate and have a conversation with your insurance company to try to negotiate your premiums and discuss, you know, if I help reduce your need to cut me a check for an accident, how will you help me in reducing my premiums? Yeah, that that's the way most insurance companies you end up with discounts too. Is you're able to you're able to show by documentation what it is that you're doing to cut their cost. So what can you do to help cut my cost? That's correct. So you know, being able to monitor that and get that compliance down and show it, like I always tell people, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. That's right. Well, this is basically in writing. It's all documented. You can print it out and bam. Uh, so that that's fantastic, you mm -hmm. know. For a, that's something that, especially with large fleets, where you have a lot of expense, right? That that can really mount up to a lot of money in a in a short period of time. And um, we work very closely with safety managers and different people throughout a company. But anytime I meet with the CEO of our customers, their first question to me is, "How can I use this to lower my insurance premiums?" Because that's a huge cost to them. And if their business depends on distribution and driving and vehicles and um, one of our customers um, hauls grain and and livestock that's their business so anytime their insurance costs them more or they have vehicle downtime it's very costly to their business oh yeah bottom line can take a big hit um, yeah and it, it's kind of like um, in the security business I know that a lot of times companies or insurance companies will actually give people a discounted rate depending upon whether they have security there 24 hours a day or something monitoring for the theft, the vandalism. That's right. Uh, that type of stuff. It's just a matter of few people ask. Right. And, and, and the monitoring of it is very important. If people think they're being watched or know they're being um, gauged about it, it's going to affect their behavior. Well, it's all about deterrence. Right. And if, you know, if the idea is you may not be able to eliminate 100% of it, but it would be just like the criminal that's on, uh, coming onto a side. They see the security officer. They want to, well, I'll go to the next place because it's a lot less likely that I'm going to go to jail. Well, if they know they've got these, these, mount, these management systems and monitoring systems within their vehicles that their employer is actually reading them, then that has a tendency to deter the that's actions correct. themselves. 
That's that's like the old saying, locks are made for honest people. Exactly. The the people that are doing the right thing will always be doing the right thing. But the people that may not be compliant are the ones that need the gentle reminders, shall we say, and, and the deterrent the reminders. Only thing, that's usually the only thing that stops them. It's because it's their tendency to try to do what they want to do because they're different. That's right. They're special. That's right. They're special. <laughs> well, is there anything, speaking of special, is there anything special or specific that fleet management likes about Fleet Guardian? Well, as I said before, they love the tangible information. It's easier to manage to facts and figures than to just say, you know, you had three crashes or three almost crashes. Well, it was the other guy. It was, there's always a story. Oh, yeah. After the, after, the talk, after the numbers, it's all conversation. And this is the numbers. So it gives management very tangible information to help work with their drivers. I mean, their employees, they want their employees to be safe. They want their distribution, their vehicles to be safe, whatever their business is, they want to be able to conduct business in a responsible manner. The, uh, the numbers are, and the ability to identify the specific drivers that are doing either very well or the ones that need a little bit of help because that way they can focus on the specific individuals instead of making a blanket statement, which doesn't usually help anyone. It usually falls on the overall massive group of deaf ears because you have to single people out. No, absolutely. And you can also, it's all about consistency. Uh, some people, if it shows that occasionally they, they do something that that's they shouldn't right. be doing, that's one thing. But if, the, if looking at it, the overall look at it, the big picture, shows a consistent and, you know, it's consistent violation of doing this stuff at a fairly frequent rate, then you know who it is that you've got to sit down and have that serious talk. And then you back it up by having some type of progressive disciplinary procedure to where you can give that warning, give that counseling, do whatever you need to do, and work it up through documentation, work it up to the point of, hey, we've talked to you. Obviously, it isn't going to do any good. So you need to go find another job that doesn't doesn't monitor you because you can't drive worth a damn. <laughs> there you go. And and you're absolutely right. It's the it's the indicative behaviors versus the isolated incidents, and this is the information that helps provide that backup and that, like you said before, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Exactly. And this is the pieces in writing that helps them understand what are those indicative, problematic, non-compliant driving behaviors of a specific driver or the ones that are you never hear about because they're no trouble and they're doing the right things anyway. Well, and just to say it's somebody you want to keep, they do a good job other than this. Sure. It, lets, it, it eliminates all the excuses that they have for what was somebody else's fault, like you said, or, or you know, something else. You see a consistent behavior, say, no, this is, these other, all these other people are not having this consistent behavior. You're showing a problem. Mm -hmm. If you can't correct the problem, which is what we want to do, then we'll deal with it more strongly. But this gives us something to be able to sit down, show that driver, right, and counsel them and say, look, this is the behavior that's got to stop. That's right. And if it doesn't, that's a choice, and there are consequences for choices. And just quickly what you're saying about showing the quick behavior, on the legal perspective, if there is an accident, one of the things that everybody wants to do immediately is get a, a dump of someone's phone to see if they were on the phone or not. And that's a whole privacy issue. It's a nightmare to get the, the uh, oh, permission absolutely. to do that. This way, fleet management knows immediately, was the phone in the box, was the box closed, without any privacy issues. Because, again, like I said earlier, there's no software on the phone. It's not about that. They've got that compliance information at their fingertips without any legal issues or intervention. It's Im immediate available. 
available. That's Hopefully you don't get to that point. You don't want to be in that accident. This is a preventative measure to keep people out of accidents. It's a, it's a behavior changing. It is. It's all about changing behavior and changing habits. And are there any more uh, legal, legal things that are going on that, uh, that you're familiar with with regards to this particular area? There are um, mostly state by state. There are federal regulations for different levels of commercial drivers to adhere to for safety. State by state, there are legal, as the one we just mentioned here in Georgia that was passed, that was effective July 1. State by state, they are getting more and more focused on people keeping off the phones when they're driving because they know it's just dangerous and it's causing accidents. Um, I read recently month over July over July, last year versus this year. I want to say there were, I have to go back and check the exact stat, I think there was something like 19 fewer auto accident related deaths this July versus last July since that law was in place. Well, they were know. tangibly able to see the difference. That's a big difference. That is a big difference. I mean, if, if one of those 19 people was your family member, you'd be pretty happy about that. And it has or your employee or any, you know. And most likely as the, as the time goes by and as the people get used to it, it's going, you're so going to see an exponential uh, change and, and growth in that number. That's right. So it's just like that's the first year, and a lot of people still aren't doing it. So the more people that do it, the longer it's in place, it becomes that habit. That's right. And you're going to see that figure go up. That's and that, right. And that's an awfully good stat. And seatbelts are a great example of that. Absolutely. Seatbelts started out when cars first came out with seatbelts, you had to pay for them as extra options. Now you're not allowed to drive without them. Now you pay for them if you don't have them. That's correct. <laughs> that's exactly correct. And it's a habit, and it's a mindset. It is a habit. So it took me forever to get in that habit and but it's there now and and now I don't think twice about it. Right. Well, you were asking in the very beginning of the show something about my background. I had an Air Force dad back in the days when you really did have to make a conscious effort to put your seatbelt on. My father would not start the car until we were all as a family belted in because that was his safety upbringing. So I guess it's been well, in I my mind too. for a long time. Just I was different. Oh, well. I was, I was the dad. I was the boss. And there I was you the go. Guy driving. Y'all get your seatbelts on. So I, I caught hell about that for years. Yeah. Well, we probably gave my dad a hard time, too. But, you know, after a while, you just didn't want to deal with the, the look you'd get dad turning around with <laughs> put your seatbelts on or we're not going anywhere. So yeah. we just got in that habit early on. And um, so you were asking before about background, and that's one of those things. So when I had the opportunity to come do this, it kind of came full circle for me, I suspect. Well, that, that's fantastic. Well, you know, this has been great. What, what should our listeners take away from what we talked about this morning? You know, just more than anything else, Fleet Guardian wants everybody to get home for dinner safely. Everybody, there's a lot of people on the road. Everybody drives. We're a country that, unless you're in a major city with good public transportation, even in those cities, there's taxi cabs and cars all over the place. We just want everybody to get home safe at the end of the day. Well, that's a, that's a definite goal that I think everybody that's out there wants to see. And I know as a business owner, I don't want someone, you know, in my car having an accident, much less doing the texting and, and all that. We, we immediately went to the Bluetooth type stuff. And, that's great you know, to hear. Get you a Bluetooth, do something. Some of our phones, it'll pipe through and work off the car. Some of the older cars, a lot of ours are police cars that were redone. So they don't have that type of stuff. So it's a matter of get that Bluetooth in your ear if you want to want to do so, or pull off into a parking lot, and then take it from there. That makes me very happy to hear that. I know it would. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate it, Ellen. This has been a very informative uh, interview conversation. Um, 
so I appreciate you coming on. It's been enjoyable. Thank you very much for having me here this morning. It's been a pleasure as well. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, uh, Ellen Diamond, our diamond in the rough. <laughs> I'm sure you've never heard of that. Never, never, and, never. And for our producers, uh, Mike and Trey, who's on vacation today. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. Mm-hmm.